0: Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of
1: all things brown and gold. Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders, your Wednesday night post-season safe space as we look at the Football world through the brown and gold lens. uh, Experimental one for us because we're actually going to do this space while the (coughs) Australian team is being announced. And uh, we wait with bated breath to see whether James Sicily gets his final (coughs) long-overdue recognition with a berth in the Australian team. Uh, Lots of hints being dropped tonight of a big surprise or two with the back line. So we wait to see. Haven't seen Sicily yet come up on the screen as enjoying dinner at the awards. I, mean, I just switched on, so maybe someone's seen him lurking, enjoying the chicken or the veal, and uh, we we'll let us know he's there. But if he's not on the screen eating a meal, he might not be there at all. Anyway, we'll get to that in a bit of time. Plenty to get through, and it's also a bit of history tonight. We've got two guests. We're going to be talking to the guys from the Soaring uh, podcast about the AFLW season that starts on Saturday night. Also, Ed Sill, the president of the Box Hill Hawks, will be joining us to look at their final against Werribee that uh, takes place on Saturday afternoon. Plus, we've got to recap. Saturday won't take too long with that because there wasn't a whole lot to discuss. And the Hawks are front and centre of trade rumours already, and we're going to discuss those as well. So, plan to get through, and we will uh, race through it as quickly as we can. I'm joined by co-hosts and friends and colleagues, uh andrew Wiese in the driver's seat see hello
2: good evening ash good evening everyone and it, it just feels like our um our off season's finished and now we get into the real stuff the way things are going
1: before for an front and center of every conversation going on uh darren levine hello
3: hi ash hi everyone um and yeah, that that agenda is more jam packed than anything that we've done through the season. So that just gives you an indication of how much we love the off season here at Hawks Insiders,
1: where football season never ever stops. And Brad Klebanski, hello,
0: hello all, hi Ash, great to be here. Yes, exciting times for us. Box Hill in the finals, AFLW season kicks off Saturday night for us, and trade season. So exciting times.
1: We don't have Daddy Prince tonight. This is his specialty. He's a a star all year, but particularly comes into his own when we get round to trade in the draft. But hey, there's lots of time to go and lots of opportunities for him to impart his wisdom. We'll start where it ended, um, by putting a bow on the Hawthorne season um, in an underwhelming afternoon at the MCG in front of 27,000 people. Hawthorne, 8.856, beaten by Fremantle. 14-9-93. Nine, um, Hawks got a couple of early goals, but didn't really look like it thereafter. So it was a bit of a disappointing afternoon for the Hawks. Uh, Fremantle got well on top and the ship had sailed. And to quote, or to fashion a quote from a famous Hawthorne coach, Alan Jeans, well, he said that in 1971 at the Grand Final, he said it. the 1971 season went one quarter too long for St Kilda I think we can safely say Andrew Weiss that the 2024, 2023 season probably went one week too long
4: for Hawthorne.
2: Yeah I think so although based on the you know the last sort of 10 to 12 weeks I think we would have been happy to to watch another four or five weeks of action um, especially compared to the first six or seven rounds you know we've We've trumpeted all all season that that the talk pre-season was that we'd be better in the second half of the year. And you're right, it was obviously a disappointing way to finish. But at the same time, I think, in, you know, when, when we look at um, the tapestry of the season, everyone's pretty happy. Everyone's up and about. And, you know, even in the last sort of 24 to 48 hours with some of the the names being bandied around in, in terms of acquisitions in the off season, um, we're already starting to think about next year and and how we're going to improve and what things are going to look like in in a couple of years time. So yeah, it was it was really disappointing way to finish, but uh, at the same time, um, it, it was also a point of celebration for what was um, generally uh, a very enjoyable season going in with no Brad, expectations, it, it probably allowed for that.
1: Brad, you were hobnobbing with the superstars on Saturday in the in uh, in the in the box with a couple of Hawthorne uh, superstars of the past, but did you manage to watch any of the game or were you just telling tall stories all afternoon? If, if you did see any of the game, what, what did you like?
0: Yeah, I was lucky enough to see um, a corporate box with uh, Campbell Brown, Shane Crawford and half uh, uh, Daniel Daniel Harford, so had a great day at the footy, unfortunately the result uh, wasn't great, we actually did watch quite a lot of uh, the game uh, yeah, it was disappointing, you could tell from basically the first 10 uh, minutes of the game that it was going to be a long afternoon, they just looked really flat from uh, the outset, 3 uh, definitely came out uh, to play, which was really uh, disappointing, I know we spoke on the spaces last week, we all thought that Hawthorne would win this game and uh, win this game well Frio coming from the other side of the country. Round 24 with not much to play for. Our last home game of the season, our last game of the season. But yeah, we did uh, watch it and it was very, very uh, disappointing. Other than Dylan Moore, who I thought had one of his better games of uh, the season, um, I can't really think of anyone else who had a better than an average game. Uh, We saw a few different things trialled in the second half. Sicily played a bit midfield. Him and Harvick went into the forward line in the last quarter and didn't really provide much. So um, I agree with uh, We Seals. A great season. Um, disappointing end to the year, but a lot to take into the off season. Um, and it's going to be busy for us. Been speaking to a few people behind uh, the scenes, and the Hawks are going to be massive, massive players. Oh, this hold, your horse, so, hold your horses. Yeah.
1: Hold your horses. We'll, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Daz, you. Were there? Uh, I think you've had a bit of bad luck in terms of the games that you've gone through with your family. But uh, what uh, what didn't you like out of uh, what were the disappointing aspects out of the game on uh, Saturday?
3: Ah, oh, that was such a it was a painful game to watch. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it was uh, a library like atmosphere at times, and yeah, you just kind of watch the players going through the motions. Free. I also have a very kind of grinding game style as well and I, I don't think they were particularly amazing just looked like one of those se- off end of season games where everyone was meant had mentally checked out and um, there was there were some good moments and, and I think you know really really started quite well but from there it was it was pretty hard on the eye For being honest it was sloppy there wasn't much intensity the forward line was just experimental uh, at its at its best, it was uh, Hardwick went through there, Scrimshaw, Sis. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was it was a weird game and, and one that we'll soon soon forget. Uh, I've already forgotten it. Very good.
1: Uh, we well, see how much of a concern is it that Hawthorne um, still struggles to win if if one or Sisley or Lewis isn't playing there. Uh, they're not very
2: competitive. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, obviously we're building to a time when we've got depth in our list that we're not going to be relying on one player. But, I mean, it's there for everyone to see. Without Mitch Lewis, our forward line functions differently. Um, and, you know, Brad... Brad can speak to the concern about actually if you if you run down Mitch Lewis's games played each season, there is still a question mark because I don't think he's – what would it be, maybe 15 or 16 games max a season?
0: He's, he's never played more than 16 games in a year since being drafted. So, so And that's not luck in the end. Like it's happened too often for just to be bad luck.
2: So there's that. And then um, we put out the awards article – uh, this morning ash and and I think some of the things that sis has been nominated on you know we made some comments around there probably isn't a more important player or captain in the competition to their team uh, in terms of the impact that they make and the chance they are of winning a game than sis has been to us this year so maybe that's a bit one-eyed, but I think it it's pretty close to, to fact and, you know, we're just a totally different team without him. So it's it's clear we need some reinforcements in the back line. It's clear we need at least a, a second big forward to step up to partner with Mitch Lewis and it's clear that at the moment they both have to be on the park. Maybe that won't be the case in two or three or four years time as we um, get a bit more depth and Um, and get more experience into more of our players. But for now, you're spot on, Ash. Like, those two players for next season are critical to be on the park if we're going to win more than the seven we won this year.
1: And clearly, we'll we'll get get to this in a bit, Um, the moves they're trying to make defensively to short the back line would suggest that they can't be... just. They know that if Cincinnati's going to miss a game or two, they've got to have big bodies and experience down there. So to try and keep them in game, so that's uh, something clear. It's very clear with their off-season uh, recruiting, which they're very much in the middle of now. So we're gonna put a bow on the match day, the Hawthorne's season then. Um, we're going to do a series of player pot review podcasts starting in the next little while, that'll run over the next couple of months, um, which will go through every player in a bit more detail and, rev- and put a, a review their season. Um, but now we are going to welcome to Hawks Insiders the one and only, the legendary Ed Sill, the president of the Box Hill Hawks, uh, as they prepare to schlep out to Werribee on Saturday for a qualifying final. Ed, good evening. Uh,
4: thanks, and uh, really appreciate you having me on.
1: Always good to chat about the mighty Stangers. Now, let's get the uh, important questions I've I'm done with first. Who are the Hawthorne listed players who will be eligible and will be playing, or you expect to be playing on Saturday?
4: I So we've got, see uh, the 17 or 18 eligible. We'll have more than likely about 14 playing, um, which will be a really, um, a pretty good representation. I think there's a couple of injuries and then there's sort of a, a selection uh, dilemma around perhaps some of our Ruckman that might see one of the Hawthorne boys miss out. Um, and I think CJ was qualified. But obviously we're out, uh, out through uh, surgery. So um, yeah, but I think from the from the last round, who do we get back? Sarong comes back in. Um, Ryan comes back in, which will be good. Cosie comes back in. Uh, Long uh, Husswake comes back in. So you know, Morris, Jekka, Granger, Barass, Sarong, Bramble, Stevens, Butler Green, Ryan, Coszy, Long Husswake. McDonald and Ramsden sort of early on in the week look like uh, the, the Hawthorne boys lining up for us on Saturday. It's actually a very strong team. Um, uh... I have to admit, Ash, when it when it got sent through when it got sent through to me, yes, last night, just as a just as a bit of a preliminary, I, I got uh, I got the first sense of finals um, and got the excitement around it when I read through the side and thought that's a uh, that's a pretty competitive VFL side. How did you go where we last time? No, we haven't played them this year. Um, with 21 sides VFL. In. Yeah. What a stupid Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some madness around it, Ash. But, uh, yeah, one of the two sides we didn't play. Right.
1: Um, so, tell us about you. I mean, top four. The, one, one of the good things, I guess, from a Box Hill perspective was that Hawthorne had a pretty clean injury list for a lot of the year, unlike last year when, you know, by the second half of the season... Almost on a weekly basis, the Hawks, the, the Hawthorne were putting players in for for
4: season-ending
1: surgery. You've had they've had a pretty yes. clean bill of health, so it's that's that's been a great flow and effect for Box Hill.
4: Yeah. yeah, so it was an interesting one. During our pre-season, we lost uh, uh, we lost three players to full-term or long-term injuries, and and then had another player decide that he wasn't uh, wasn't going to play. Um, so Patrick Naish sort of at the last minute decided he didn't want to play at VFL level. So sort of mid-March, I'm sitting there thinking, gee, we're, we're in a world of pain with four players out of our best 10 or 12 Box Hill boys. Um, that's But that's been balanced out, as you say, by a really strong fit Hawthorne list. Typically, we uh, average about 12 Box Hill players a year. A play, sorry, a game. This year, we've averaged eight. And that's sort of befitting of um, of the difference between you know with that with the, the level of fitness coming in. What's really been beneficial this year is that all the young Box Hill boys, uh, I'm sorry, all the young Hawthorne boys have been very competitive from day one. Um, often it takes them half a year to, to get to the pace, having come out of NAB. So uh, uh, coach, so so the guys who you know, obviously picked up later in the draft or, or through the rookie draft can often take a good half a season to pick up the pace, but the likes of um, uh, Bennett's and O'Sullivan, et cetera, from, from day one have been contributing. So that's really made it, you know, meant we, we've been a competitive side all year. We haven't lost a, an away game in Victoria, lost two at home, lost a home substitute game, and lost on the Gold Coast. So, you know, we, we go into wherever it's a tough, tough game down there, but we go in pretty well credentialed. We earned our third spot, um, and I think we'll put a good side out.
0: Uh, Ed, I was just going to ask you, you touched on Bennett and uh, Jack O'Sullivan. Uh, Obviously, Chad's going to be out for all of uh, or the majority of 2024. Uh, Tyler, we've obviously seen that tonight, is going back home to our WA. So there is going to be a small forward spot in our front six next season. Uh, Sam Butler was one who I thought didn't really take his opportunity uh, this season. Hopefully he takes it next. But do you think one of um, Bennett's or O'Sullivan will be ready to make it at senior uh, level in
4: 2024? I, I look, I think uh, physically, you know, they, they certainly needed a full year in the VFL and, and a second pre-season to to you know get those bigger shoulders and the arms and bums which they'll be required. But what they do both have is clean hands, and uh, any small forward needs clean hands because they're, they're hitting the ball at such pace that even a, even a slight fumble um, is costly. So I think. I think they've, they've got a long way to go, um, but they've got
2: some really nice attributes. Ed, um, question for you. How hard psychologically for some of these players, um, obviously there are a lot of the listed players. It's a very strong team, but some of the names you mentioned like uh, Morris, Jackar, we've heard rumblings about DGB in the last couple of days. How hard is it to balance right now? Exit interviews, spots on list versus playing finals, and and I guess the mental preparation for the for the players going into a big game on the weekend. So
4: I think we um, uh, the, the the two clubs handle this incredibly well. So in my time on Box Hills list, I think there's only ever been one Hawthorne player who declined to play in finals, even though he was qualified, and that was uh, Warple back in. 2018. And that was just because he played, I think it was like the last seven or eight in the AFL and didn't feel part of the VFL program. And it was and everyone sort of sat there and said, yeah, that, that makes a great deal of sense. So all the players get the opportunity that, that to uh, determine whether they want to play, um, for, for Fox Hill, uh, you know, he's certainly not endeavoring to twist anybody's arm and it's quite the opposite. I think the guys like Cozzy and Jekka and, and, uh, uh, Morris, they they obviously see it as another opportunity, but they they the, the team spirit and the team bond is really strong. I was talking to Hugh Beasley uh, a month or so ago, and just just asking him as I often do, just check in to see how the the two groups are coming together. And I I, I asked him about um, Josh Morris, and he said he's a fantastic teammate. And it was just a, that was a really simple comment, but quite a powerful comment. So all those boys, they're invested. They they'll play as one team. So no, we don't. It, it's not a it's not a challenge from a from an exit interview point of view. Um, Sam introduced this a few years ago, where where he does the exit interviews typically the week before the last game, which is I think fantastic. Unless they're likely to play on, so the the Hawthorne boys playing for Box Hill won't have done their exit interviews yet. That will come when when Box Hill's uh, campaign finishes. So I think just good conversations. You know, probably for the last month about. Where things are at, um, there were still some qualification uh, challenges. We we still had Morrison and McGinnis um, potentially playing for us three or four weeks ago. They need to play sort of every little game to qualify. We we're thinking about the the concept of McGuinness going and tagging someone from Werribee and How how unlucky that guy would feel given the job he did on Dakos. But um, yeah, no, it, it's certainly not a it's not a problem. It it, it works very favourably, and and will it'll, it'll be genuinely one team on Saturday.
3: Ed, thanks for joining us as always. Um, for a lot of these players on the weekend, it's going to be their first taste the finals footy. Who are you expecting to really uh, rise to the occasion and tear it up um, in the finals so, for Box Hill? Yeah,
4: so I think um, when I looked at the side, you know, every, everyone will have their different view on a couple of these players, but they unfortunately sort of fit, sometimes fit into that twilight of being really good VFL players, but. Not quite able to make it at AFL level, so Lockie Bramble, uh, uh, Fergus Green, and Cosie. I think they'll be the three that their their upside can uh, their, their upside can be do- uh, dominating and devastating in a, a game of footy. So they're they're the three that if they're named in our best five oh, by Saturday night, I, I reckon we've won the game. Tell us about the coach. He
1: um, there's a bit of great. Bit of vision that uh, Box Hill put out with one of his uh, three-quarter time addresses. It was. Uh, he seems a very impressive, impressive character. What sort of coach is he? Is he a rant and raver? Is he X's and O's? Is he a master psychologist? What qualities have you seen with him this year? I mean Obviously, you've thrilled with the appointment. He, uh, he's done a terrific job to get him to the top four. But what? So, what's his number one quality? What's his one word?
4: Uh, I think um, his genuine engagement with the players um so no hold bar in the conversation very straight very up front uh, but you know we're done with empathy um so that's I I watch that I watch the level of respect from the players the, but the fact that he's a straight shooter um, is really respected highly I think from sort of, you know the X's and O's and all those types of things I think there's a you know there's the the, the coaching group all have their fingerprints on that a little bit but just in terms of First of all, making sure the two groups are aligned, making sure that everyone understands the the philosophies that have been carried over. I think he's he's been fantastic from that viewpoint. Um, he would he would if you came to a game, came to the aftermatch, he looks like he, he's got a persona of being the boss um, without having to be the loudest voice in the room, and I really like that. Um, so it's just the way his, his person management skills are, are fantastic.
1: Who've been the non-Hawthorn mainstays of the side this year? Who, who, who? I mean, with Callum Brown. Every time I look, he seems to be the best players and racking up uh, disposals at will. Who've been the the, the two or three non-Hawthorn mainstays of the side this year that, without them, you probably wouldn't have got to top four.
4: Yes. Yeah, so you're right about Cal Brown. We we would hope that he'll poll particularly um, particularly well in the list of medal. I, uh, we had a little danger game uh, the last game of the year down at Frankston on a very windy Friday and I was driving down and I got a phone call to say oh, you know Hawthorne are having to take all their emergencies as carryovers because there's some injury risks. Okay, so we lost a few out of that. And then I was sitting at the Frankston function and I was watching the team run out. And then I noticed uh, Cal Brown with a tracksuit top. So my uh, my dinner didn't go down very well as my <laughs> nervousness uh, increased. So Cal Brown's been fantastic. Cal Porter... Um, I think he's sort of the the life and blood, uh, the lifeblood of our footy club. He does all the hard jobs. He'll he'll no doubt tag on Saturday. Um, without him on a number of occasions, we would have been in a in a world of pain. Um, Damien um he's he's looking at like retiring, which will be a real loss for us. He's been he um, against Richmond. We with fifteen seconds to go, we had a kick out, and we we fluffed our lines a little bit with a minute to go and we're doing things that perhaps we shouldn't have been doing. Anyway, he took the ball from the kick out and I've never been so confident that a guy was going to do the right thing with the footy. So he, he'll he be really critical to us on Saturday. Um, the, the other two, I guess, for for Hawthorne supporters, perhaps just to keep an eye on, um, will be Young Hall, um, who's been playing, he's playing as our 23rd man. So he's been playing sort of a, a high forward role. Uh, I reckon he's got some... Some real AFL attributes, and then there's uh, uh young Coglin who who's got a bit of a Will Day look-alike on him. Uh, sort of halfback flanker, just gets to gets the ball in funny spots. and it, it reads the lines um, particularly well in the angles. So I know that I've given you more than a couple there, Ash, but uh, um, yeah, that that group has been the, the, the group of six or seven each each week that have been our our uh, really important ones. I'd, I'd love to see those other two boys with a good pre-season in them. I, I think they've got some. Some potential AFL attributes for us.
3: I, I love that you mentioned Max Hall there, Ed, because I've watched a few games and he seems to be the the little barometer that gives the, gives the team a shot of energy. And I think he could be a real wild card for us this final series.
4: Yeah, he's um, so he came off a reasonably limited preparation. Wouldn't say he was in our in our best twenty three at the start of the year, but he's been the one that now is sort of the first magnet on the board of the Box Hill Boys. It's that's how. How quickly he's risen! Really clean hands, hard at it, um, and I, I think you're quite right. A barometer. A couple of times where we've been flat, he's been the one that's brought some energy to the game. So,
1: so what's your prediction for Saturday? What's what's your gut telling you?
4: Oh, one point win. <laughs> that will all win. So we um, the the the. Way it'll play out from here is if uh, if we if we win, we'll host a preliminary final in two weeks' time at, at City Oval, which would be fantastic. Uh, if if we do get roll, we'll be at at City Oval next week, um, playing I think the winner of the, either uh, Footscray or Casey. And then if we were to win that, we'd be heading up to the Gold Coast for a prelim final up there. So a lot riding on Saturday. Um, where would be? I like 15 in a row. I think their average age is like 26 or 27. They're a very, very experienced footy side. Um, I'm glad it's going to be dry. Um, I'm gra- glad the ground's going to be hard. I think that will suit us. Yeah, I, when I saw the side yesterday, I just got a warm feeling that uh, we might be a sniffy. I talked to Michael Barlow um,
1: for story I wrote a few weeks ago. Mix um, a, a fantastic guy. Who's telling me about the work they've done at Werribee to make it a bit of a and they've had you know you talk about their average age, Ed, it's a deliberate strategy by them to yeah. get get a, a experienced. for and they're a standalone club to get experienced players in, have them stick around for a while, buy into the values and the culture of, of the club. So they have set this. This has been a, a several-year campaign for Werribee as well to, to try and get that premiership. they have taken a very really deliberate approach. So really, it's going to be the probably the, the team with more talent will be Box Hill because you've got all these AFL-listed players, albeit most of them quite young, running around against a real team that's just been building for this for several years. It's, a, it's a quite a fascinating clash of sort of list management cultures almost.
4: I think I... Um, so from a Box Hill perspective, the stronger the standalone sides are, the better. Uh, and... Um... So I'm, I'm always pleased when I see Werribee and Williamstown and, and Port Melbourne winning. Obviously, not against us because um, that strengthens the whole VFL competition. Obviously, this year has been a challenge with a couple of sides down the bottom being uncompetitive. Um, I, don't, I don't have a solution to fix that, but having strong standalone sides makes it easier for Box Hill. Um, so we, we're not fighting the the AFL reserves mentality that they could take over. So, no, I've, 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 I've watched... Werribee and, and got to know their um, uh, number of people at their club. I highly respect them. They'd, they'd certainly be one one club that uh, where we, we spend a lot of time talking to about redevelopment. They provided us a lot of uh, information and insight on how to, to raise some funds. Um, no, I I, I, I I admire what a lot of work they're doing in the community, uh, and they've got you know they've they've managed to create that club spirit um, in spades So no, I. I Certainly a club that I admire greatly. Just a couple
1: more before I let you go. So, um,
4: what, and you speak of redevelopment.
1: What is happening with, at Box Hill City? Oval? Isn't it about to be a big development at some stage? Does it affect where you're going to play next season?
4: No. So, um, we've, uh, we've got, the, I think it's about $25 million of funding to, uh, to knock down the the uh, the eastern the old Eastern Grandstand there. Um, what we'll expect to do... To, Getting, uh, getting tradies and, uh, and builders at the moment is a bit of a challenge. It will go out to tender, we're hoping, in the next uh, few weeks. Um, the expectation is that whenever the last siren is blown at the back end of 2024, that the next day the demolition crew will, will roll in and knock it over. Um, we'll play through regardless. Um, we'll, we'll be able to manufacture uh, a, 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 some facilities, etc to house... The opposition, um, so we'll play through regardless. But we'd hope that early twenty twenty five, we'll be able to cut the ribbon for uh, for a new facility. Well,
1: that's uh, a great facility for Hawthorne and for Box Hill, and I imagine even the AFLW uh, will we'll spend some time there. Also, just last question: you're you're a, you're a big Hawthorne man as well as a Box Hill man. Were you, what was your takeaway from the season?
4: No, I think uh, very similar to. To most people, I, I um, that Collingwood game, watching the intensity that we played at, and I was watching the, the that, that group of midfielders becoming so uh, overwhelming of Collingwood. Um, you you can't can't but help be be encouraged by that. Obviously, some some gaps down forward and some gaps down back, but um, oh, I think we're definitely on the right program. And and you reflect. <laughs> Um, I, I reflect with uh, putting my VFL hat on uh, North Melbourne and talking about getting some priority picks. North Melbourne have run the worst VFL program over the last three or four years by a long way, so much so that their top-up players, had their parents bought them bibs to train in because they weren't being supplied by bibs. And Hawthorne have invested into Box Hill and the likes of Newcombe and Blank and Reeves have, have come out of that. Um, so, you know, I think uh, a bit of a hobby horse of mine, but, you know, the the... the the, the benefit that Hawthorne gets from from Box Hill is quite significant, although it's just a, a small cog in the business. So, no good year. Um, I had to quick catch up with Sam today. He's uh, he's busy uh, busy recruiting. So, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can land some and uh, you know strengthen some of those spots uh, going into next year. Well, we uh, know, Sam. The greatest trophy of all times when
1: Sam Mitchell says, "I leave the I leave the list management to." Uh... I'll leave the this to to Mark. <laughs> he has the greatest live of all time. Uh, we know Sam uh, loves it. Loves it, loves it, loves it. So uh, Absolutely. we'll wait to see what he yeah. get, get, gets up to in the next little sort of while. Ed, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Encourage everybody, if they can, to get out to Werribee on Saturday to have a look at this semi-final. What's the cost of mission? I'm not sure the last time you paid for the gate of, of a footy game, Ed, but how much are the punters have to pay to go in? I... I, I... I always pay to add away games in the VFL
4: <laughs> because it just feels wrong. Uh, I think it'd be 15 bucks there if you can book them uh, book them online now. And what's
1: your parking shortcut? I know you didn't play, we haven't played this year. What's the best place to park at Where are we?
4: A long way away. <laughs> uh, if you're there early enough, there's quite a big car park just to the left where there's, I think there's a pool, etc. Uh, and then out the back, Never, never get discouraged as you drive in. You'll see lots of cars double parked. But if you keep going out the back... It's quite a large car park, so I'd urge you just to spend another minute just seeing what's available further down.
1: All right, well, we encourage everyone to get out there uh, to watch Box Hill. It's not this week. they certainly got at least one more game. So, Ed, thank you. Uh, if, uh, if they're lucky enough to make the grand final in a few weeks, I will have to get you back for the grand final preview. So thanks, as always, for joining us Ed, that, and your support of the... Insiders.
4: No, I appreciate all your support. Thanks, guys.
1: That was the great Ed Sill, the president of the Box Hill Hawks. Um, and uh, yeah, big final. Encouraging to know. Um, Encouraging to know we see that up to fourteen Hawthorne players we're playing. I had, I thought it'd be half that many, which is which is a great outcome.
2: It's huge, and obviously we'll wait to see specifically the team that runs out. But I, I just wanted to say, obviously we've we've loved having Ed on every other week over the last couple of years, and you know we do we do player rating pods every week, and and we've never really rated our. Guests, but I'd say that anyone who's happy to give North Melbourne a clip on the way out, um, yeah, he, he'd be he, on, on top 10 of, that, of 10 out of 10. I was, was going
1: to say, he's giving me a headline, North's President slams North. <laughs>
2: on on top SEO, of, we'll yeah, have to read, on, read down a bit, but on top of, or, or well, how honestly, about North
3: parents buy bibs for players? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: a, uh, a great story so I uh, know it's good he, if you he, he's going to come and uh, give us that sort of gold every time uh, you can come on every week uh, Patrick is with us um, he's just connecting now Patrick good evening how are you?
0: I was just going to also say I wonder the same way the women could play games at Box Hill is there a way that Box Hill should be playing games at Dingley like maybe after the men have their Saturday trainings or something so that People who
1: can't really get down to Box Hill but go to Hawks training can also see Box Hill play. Well, I imagine that's a, probably going to mix, Patrick, um, at some stage. I certainly know, for example, plays Sandra Camp plays, games at, uh, plays some home games at Moravian because of their affiliation with St Kilda. So it wouldn't surprise me if over the course of the season, it would, be a bit, would know that more than anybody. But uh, if Deagle ever gets built, and I'm putting the if on it because it's very, very slow progress. I would imagine there'll be Box Hill. They certainly train at Waverley, lots, so I imagine that there'll be an extensive involvement, even practice matches. They'll have access to that ground, without having to worry about the fact that uh, Box Hill hosts cricket for the oh, Umpci. Ed, you got something to add to that?
4: Oh, just the um, and I, I, you know, not. Uh, I certainly have no insider knowledge in terms of the time of Dingley, but the intention was always to host one or two Box Hill games there, potentially against uh, some of the interstate clubs. So uh, that that's sort of the the Conversation Robin Cartney and I had a couple of years ago, and you yeah, know that 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 would be you know certainly something that we'd be very keen to be involved in. I
1: think building accommodation or something at Dingley is that I you know, imagine that the building facility people, excuse gonna be accommodation or something is that one of the grounds has got that maybe not box hill or Hawthorne, but to, to, just precisely for that if interstate teams come they can stay there or something maybe I've got that wrong but it's gonna have everything Dingley when it opens but uh, yeah well it's good to hear that uh. Plans are to play one or two games at Dingley. It makes all the sense in the world. We're going to get into AFL in a few minutes, but we're not going to, we are not might as well get into some of the news of the day, which is that Hawthorne has been linked to every player in the AFL, perhaps with the exception of Nick Dacos and Marcus Bontempelli, and maybe Charlie Curnow as well. Um, they really have been very active. Brad, you can be our acting Danny tonight. What's your very early take with some of the noise that the Hawks uh, around the Hawks and the trade period coming up?
0: Interest heavily in two key defenders in Ben Mackay from North Melbourne. um, Asava Radagalia is the one that um, we have reportedly put a seven-year, was it a five-year, seven million-dollar offer to? I don't think those numbers are one hundred percent correct, but we other way round. I think Brad
2: is it. uh, What it was five five years seven seven mil. No.
0: 7 mil over 5
2: No. 5 mil over (laughs) 7 years.
0: I'm joking. I'm joking. Asaba Radagalia, I think, is a solid player. But if those numbers that have been uh, reported are correct, uh, I would be uh, worried. Um, I think Mackay from North Melbourne is a much better uh, option. We'd have to trade uh, for Radagalia. And Geelong would expect at least a second-round draft pick for him which I don't think we should be giving up for him. So I'm not sure why. Um, I know our defence needs a bit of uh, work. I know we're probably one key defender short. But Makai is someone who we are definitely keen on. I think he's called on uh, the Bombers. Um, I think Sydney are really keen on him as well. But I reckon we're a really, really good chance if he decides to leave. I was told today that Hawthorne are actually keen on both him and uh, Asaba. I don't know how they fit both of them in. Maybe Radigalia is a forward, I don't know. And McKay down back. Um, Liam Henry's the other one. He's requested a trade back to Victoria. Hawthorne are definitely a team that are going to be keen to try and get something done for Liam Henry, especially with Tyler Brockman going back home. I think Henry will probably, Fremantle, uh, are probably going to expect at least um, a second-round draft pick for Liam Henry. Uh, he struggled at the start of the year. His back half of the year was really, really strong. He was drafted as a forward, but he played more as a wing, worked his way up the ground. He's quite a skillful player, and I think someone who would fit into our team quite nicely on a wing next season. So we are going to be big, big players. Um, I think there's going to be a few surprises. Denver Granger, Baras, unfortunately, my read on things is I think he's going to be put up for trade. I think the club are happy if they find a suitor. Um, Denver's unfortunately going to be going out of our side. That's not locked, but my earlier in it is he will not be part of our team at 2024 and beyond.
1: I think with um, Henry looks to me as though there's an offer on the table. It's it, it, his, his decision to leave, and he's wants to come back to Victoria. He's actually for West Australia, which is what puzzles everybody over there. Is that he actually wants to move to Victoria to play its footy, even though he's a WA boy, um, and he Carlton picked up the draft, and 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 Frio. Uh, Use their rights to get him or something like that, because he was he was, a, he was a local product. But I think that um, I think that Henry has an offer on the table from someone, and that's why he's made the request to leave. And uh, it's strongly rumored it's Hawthorne um, by those who make it their business to write this sort of stuff. But uh, we will wait and see. What, what do you think about uh, uh, Henry he? Uh
4: Yeah,
2: sorry. Um, I really like him. I think that he fits the age profile. He fits the elite um, talent profile. Obviously, a top 10 pick. He went at nine. Um, he's got games into him. He's looked really, really good when he's moved up the ground, not being used as that uh, small forward. But the the uh, the small sample size of him playing on the wing um, has been very exciting. And I think, I think the... Um, the open spaces of the G would be absolutely magnificent for him. Um, I, I guess same as everything. The question becomes actually if he was pick nine, and they're going to think, well, given his few years and games, he's worth more than that now. How we're going to get that done? What that would actually look like? Um, and I, I think you know, it's, it's the same. It's the same principle I have for all of these players around, you know, we've got full faith in Sammy Mitchell and the team in terms of what they're trying to do. And if they're backing a player to come into the club, then right now with runs on the board, you've got to support it. But he's definitely someone I'd I'd be very keen on getting in.
1: The player that we haven't, uh, that Hawthorne have to as well, um is Bailey Smith and the Western Bulldogs. Now, according to the exit meeting, um, he um, will be staying, but others seem to think this is just the very early posturing. Um, He's unhappy with Bulldogs. I think that's pretty clear. He's unhappy with his role there. Um, He's been linked to Geelong. Collingwood, supposedly, uh, Keane and Hawthorne have been making inquiries about him since the start of the year that much. We know... Um, Ash, Ash,
2: surely. I was going to say, surely there's a question here for our um social media guru around his on-field versus off-field thoughts <laughs> for Bailey. So I want to
1: get Daz's thoughts on on Bailey Smith. Uh, what do you think?
3: Oh, I mean, I'd love, I'd love bring Hawk on. Um Fits the profile, fits the age demographic, fits the. Um, fact that we have a team full of Hawthorne supporters and you know he's elite talent um he's coming into the prime of his career and I think he's I think he's he's he, I don't think he's he's going anywhere at the Bulldogs to be honest at the moment it just looks like he's on the outer there something's happened behind the scenes and I think he was maybe it's it, it gave me kind of Tom Mitchell on the half forward uh flank, vibes, watching Bailey Smith this year at times. Just hung out to dry a little bit there by Bevo and maybe getting sent a bit of a message. Um, that's how, how I felt about about his his year, to be honest.
1: I think he'll state the Bulldogs next year, but I certainly think every, everything's in play for Bailey Smith for 2025, not just Hawthorne, but I think several clubs as well. Um, you know, I think it would be Haw- Hawthorne's planning is to if they get Hawthorne's play was to get him for, at the end of 2024 to, to bring him across. So whether they get it or not, it will be fascinating. Something's not quite working there. Um, there's mystery around why he didn't play last week against Geelong in a, in a must-win game for the club down Geelong. Uh, was, was said to be ill, but was then spotted training with an amateur team uh, when he was supposed to be too ill to be training with the Bulldogs. So there's a lot of mystery going on. With Bailey Smith, he's a very, very interesting character. Um, and whichever club takes him, uh, there'll be a lot of due diligence taking place before anyone does the deal to bring him across. We want to turn our attention now, and we're going to be revisiting this on and off all these trade things over the next little while on our spaces. And uh, we haven't thought about our plans yet for trade week. But last two years, doing trade week, we've done nightly podcasts because there's been so much news around. So, or well, nightly spaces. So we will be regurgitating these arguments and these conversations on a regular basis going forward. We're going to turn to AFLW now, and we've got the guys from Soaring to New Heights podcast, the excellent, excellent uh, podcast devoted to Hawthorne's AFLW team. So I'm not sure if it's Liam or, or who it is who's there. If you, can, uh, if you can make a request to speak, and we will get you on straight away because you, you guys are the gurus and we want to look ahead to the season coming up that begins on Saturday night at um, Frankston, at the, the Frankston Oval, uh, where Ed was a few weeks ago, um, having a lovely pre match with the Frankston Dolphins. The Hawks open the season against Essendon in a clash of the traditional rivals. So once those guys are, are, are able to speak, we will get them on. Um, it's an interesting season for the Hawks. They won three games out of seven, three games out of ten last year. They took a while to find their feet, but then they had that fantastic win against Richmond, which came within a couple of days of the uh, racism saga, or r- racism story breaking. So the Hawks then went out. I think it was on Thursday, Friday of Grand Final week, and, and uh, beat the Swans with a late comeback win at Punt Road, and it was absolutely wonderful. So. They um, warmed the hearts of, of every Hawthorne player. I think they're with us now. Two of you guys, is it Liam? Uh,
5: yeah, it's Liam tonight, guys. Timmy is not here, Liam? but I'll, yeah, I'm here.
1: Liam, welcome. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. It's actually brilliant to have you with us tonight. Tell Now, what, we're going to talk about AFLW, however they are. about to about to uh, start picking the All-Australian team, I think. If we've got any news relevant to Hawthorne, we will break into break into it with that, of course. Um, I'm
5: we're happy going. to I'm happy to cut I'm happy to cut myself off now. James, Cicely's in, oh, James in Cicely's in the back pocket. Cicely's in the back pocket. I'm happy to cut myself. I'm happy to cut oh, myself well, off now. Cicely and Stuart the back pockets.
1: Well, hang on, hang on the line for a couple of minutes. We're going to just this, this is the breaking news. We're all very excited about. Finally, he gets his news. Uh, Brad, thoughts.
0: Uh Yes, he should have got in uh, last season. So, great to see him in the starting lineup. He's named in the back pocket, which is fantastic for assists. Um The highlights are actually on now of him, which is great. Uh, Callum Wilkie from St Kilda's made the side, which is an interesting one. I thought he had a really, really strong first half of the season. Um, so, it's interesting. He's been named as the full back, which I'm sure will generate a lot of uh, discussion. I think Jack Sinclair's in the team. Tom Stewart's made it once again. Which will ruffle a few Hawthorne feathers, Hawthorn supporters' feathers. There he is, Tom Stewart um, in the in the, the other back pocket. So you've got Sicily and Stewart in the back pockets. Uh, Wilkie's named a fullback. I think I, I saw Jack Sinclair. Um, but don't worry about that. What do um, you call Tom
1: Sicily making it? That's for Saints
0: Unbelievable.
1: No, unbelievable.
0: A year. He should have uh, two now, much uh, deserved. Uh, probably, you know, first year is our captain. Um, We thought he started a little slowly, but as Weesey touched on, I think you've mentioned it as well, no club in the league relies on a player more than we rely on James Sicily. So his year was unbelievable and great to see him get uh, the jacket. Weesey, I was very pessimistic. You were
1: certain it was going to happen this year?
2: Absolute certainty. There was barely a team this year from any of the pundits picked without him. Um, He's been getting his dues... All season, um, I, I think there was the one concern over, you know, when you put the, the four matches together and there's still a lot of time to play if he missed any more matches, um, whether or not he'd have an issue with games played. But um, I think I saw he's maybe it's the third highest marks by a Hawthorne player in history. And, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go as as uh, I'd potentially suggest he'd be a smoky for vice-captain of the team as well. So um, we'll see if, if that comes to fruition, but well-deserved and, yeah, it's just a, a great recognition of, you know, his, his incredible season.
1: Darren, if uh, Elon Musk has done a fair bit to break X slash Twitter already, what will happen to Twitter if Toby Green's captain and James Sisley's vice-captain of the Australian team?
3: Well, I was thinking actually the opposite. I was thinking what would have happened to Twitter if Sicily wasn't named. Um I think we I think what would have happened Wood to the HQ? Because I think we would have all been down there with our pitchforks, um, and tinfall hats ready to ready to go ham. But um yeah, it's uh it would be really, really funny to see Sis named as or oh, prob- probably well deserved to be named as Vice Captain and and Green as captain. I think those are actually two really solid uh, suggestions, but um, it would absolutely break the internet. Um, And I'm just happy that this wasn't the eyebrow-raising selection. That must have been Wilkie in the back line there. So hopefully, Jai Newcomb rounds out uh, and Luke Bruce rounds out the the rest of the the list. Oh, well, uh, Newcomb didn't make the midfield because that's just been named. So um,
1: let's get back to you, Liam, um, and if there's any more... Breaking news with respect to Hawthorne with the All-Australian team. We will, we will jump back in. Liam, set the scene for, for this season. It shapes as a, um, as I said before, it came off a three-win season, but it might be difficult for them to even match that total this year given the harder draw. Liam, can you hear me? William Hello, can anybody hear me? Oh, I
2: can't hear I can hear you. Can't hear Liam. I can, yeah, I can hear you too. Ah, Liam,
1: William, can you hear
2: us? We got that light toggling on and off. We might try and remove him as a co host. Oh put him as a and get him in as, uh, here we go. Let's see, add as a speaker. I've got a feeling we're alive.
5: Can you hear me now?
1: All right, no worries. So, as I was saying, set... yeah, we hear you loud and clear. Thanks, mate. So, I want to set, set the scene for us this here. Three Sorry. words last year, but a much more difficult draw this. That's okay. Can you hear us now?
5: Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear.
1: Okay. Set the scene for this season. How do you think the team's going to go?
5: My personal view is is different to Tim's. Tim's very optimistic by nature. I'm a bit less so. I think we'll be a vastly improved team. There's no way around that. I think there's a distinct possibility we win fewer games just because last year, by an adjusted plus-minus metric that I uh, this year, based on opponent plus minus from last year, we have the third hardest draw. We're one of four teams to play both grand finalists. Um, the other two, two of the others are preliminary finalists, and the other is Collingwood. So it's a very difficult draw. Uh, our home games, you know, we play Melbourne, we play Brisbane, we play them in back-to-back home games. We to Cairns to play Richmond, and then obviously we got the two opponents of- and Port Adelaide. So look, it's a difficult draw. But also, there's going to be a lot, there's a lot of it as well, obviously. Those who know, are familiar with what Tim and I do at Soaring New Heights, we're pretty so yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have about the season, or just have a chat.
1: Tell us about um, the two big guns, Emily Bates and Greta Brady, what have they brought to the the team? Why do you think they chose Hawthorne? I mean, they were both members of a very successful team in Brisbane. Why did they choose Hawthorne and what have they brought to the club?
5: The AFLW season is part-time. I think some opportunities to work. I think Greta Bodie, some opportunities both at the club and in her professional life as a physiotherapist. I think they were attractive. Um, Beck Goddard, if there was an article in News court papers yesterday and in Code Sports today about how Beck Goddard sold them on the idea of, you know, inspiring the next generation of women and player movement is normal and is a good thing and is, an empower, is empowering for women in sport. So I think Beck Goddard, who, I think it was Danny, who said is has been the best recruit at the club for 10 years, a statement with which I wholeheartedly agree. I it was a big part of it. What they've right. bought is both All-Australians, Emily Bates, a three-time All-Australian, four-time club best and fairest, winner, league best and fairest, and she, AFL-CA player of the year, AFL-PA MVP. And she, the main thing she's bought from what we've been told aside from a midfielder who uses the ball beautifully, is absolutely incredible training standards. And... ...just going to bring absolute chaos to the She was an all-in last season. It was scarce in six. It should really improve the way we link the midfield and football line. Tell us about
1: and the um, Jazz Fleming um, was one of the rising stars of the competition last year. She has all the traits of an elite midfielder. What makes her such a special player from what you observed last year, and what can we expect from her this year?
5: Um, I think you're only going to see her be better this year, first of all. She doesn't turn 19 this year during the finals, she turns 19, so she's our second youngest player. Only Charlotte Baskaran is younger. how she bursts out of a contest. Uh, she's just incredibly explosive for some... Mm-hmm. Big, ..quite incredible to watch. So, no, it's going to be really exciting for people to watch it, and especially with Emily Bates there now as well. Jazz can really take that half step out of and just drive us forward and should be a really fun player to watch this year. She was already... We did a poll last year she topped that ahead of Aileen Gilroy which personally surprised me a little bit because I really like watching Aileen Gilroy as well who's a test for this week with injury but yeah Jazz is just an incredible footballer still has only just turned 18 uh, in November last year and um, the rule change is now eligible for the rising star again and appears to be one of the favorites among players experts and coaches.
1: Tell us about Aileen Gilroy. She's a fascinating player. Very watchable player for the team. What, 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 what makes her such a, a good player to watch?
5: Uh, our Mayo Marvel, uh, she's fun to watch. 174 centimetres, so she's quite big. But she plays like forward, back or midfield, depending on wherever we need her. She One of our longer kicks I mean, in the women's game, it is so... it is very territory-dominated. So her ability to pick the ball, she's her player. What she's doing next? Right. Okay. So um,
1: you, you think they'll win fewer games for the season? Give us the three. Give us the, the, the selling points. What? Why, why? Apart from the fact it just got hold of an AFLW team. Why, why do you want to go to the footy and watch them this year? What, what uh, and, and what and what you're interested in at all? Because uh, you're starting out with uh, sort of your your media career and, and with your podcast. What interests you so much in WC? Why has it captivated
5: you?
2: I think I think we might have some reception issues. <laughs>
5: Yeah,
1: right, I think we've got some technical. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's break. It's breaking up again. Unfortunately,
5: a uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's
1: All right. No, it's, it's not sounding great. We're going to. Uh, we might have to. Um, we might have to cut you off now, unfortunately, because just uh, it's garbling a bit too much. Um, but the Soaring New Heights podcast is a really great addition to the Hawthorne, um, Hawthorne media scene. These guys, Liam and Timmy, their their depth of knowledge um, of AFLW and, and the Hawks in particular, it's uh, mandatory listening. I like to think if you listen to people like us, to get half a clue what's going on with the, the men's team. They're the people you want to go to. They're the go-to guys for the AFLW team. So we can't commend their podcast. And their content highly enough. So we thank. I'm sorry, it was a didn't sound so great with having on the line, but uh, they're great guys, and we urge you to support their podcast and uh, to to use them as your way to to grow your knowledge of the AFLW team. So the All Australian team, uh, Brad is finished. It was only uh, James Sicily. I think Hawthorne people will gladly take that after the miscarriage of last year, John Newcomb and Luke Bruce. Also, named in the squad, but to be fair, we're probably outside chances to make
0: it. Uh, absolutely, but you know, Sis finally gets his spot. Uh, I think Toby Green's just been named as the captain, so that's going to be an interesting one. Um, will generate a bit of discussion. Well, sorry, should have been. Uh, Clear
1: cut Deserved to your Australian captain. Yeah, so
0: they're the team you got Sis, Wilkie, Tom Stewart, Sinclair, Darcy Moore. Dan Houston's an interesting one. I think he's uh, deserved it. Underrated player. Both the... Dac- um, Josh, Josh Dacos made it on the wing, um, which I think he deserved with Gordon on the other wing. Bontempelli, Rosie and Petrarca as half forwards. Taylor Walker, Daz's favourite forward in the game. It's um, centre-half forward. Charlie Cameron, Charlie Curnow and Toby Green. Tim English got the ruck spot over uh, Rowan Marshall, which is, yeah, probably uh, English did have a fantastic year. Um, Nick Larkey great to see him on the bench kicked over 70 goals in a side that won three games which is an unbelievable achievement so um, yeah fantastic effort for Larkey to get a spot but um, overall I think as a really solid team I think Wilkie at fullback will um, generate a lot of discussion Jacob Wietering I think's been quite stiff for the last couple of years so that's an interesting one but Overall, a
1: really good side. Well, they've selected two specialist wingmen this year, which will also be a talking point. Often, they just load up the midfield with excess midfielders, but uh, this year, they've actually selected a specialist midfield, a specialist wingman, which is great, but well, they haven't really picked a, a whole lot of specialist uh, key defenders. But uh, a, a good team, and, uh, well, that'll dominate the talk back for the next little while. Um, so, we are going to wrap up. This whole, this, I'll just go through the questions first. If want any questions... Um, from Mick, Paul Connors confirmed in Gettable today, Smith is staying with the Bulldogs I think he probably is as I said, but clubs will have the conversation and you never know if someone comes to the Bulldogs with the right deal you never know, but I think it's more likely than not that he plays for them this year and he hits the market uh, next year, Patrick makes a point about the flat atmosphere, the library atmosphere as we've tweeted on Hawks and Siders probably the reason we seem to always play the last match in Tassie team atmosphere was flat and made for a long afternoon um, well, not always play the last game in Tassie, but they have the last couple of years for, for different reasons. Sicily um, and Toby Green as on-field leaders with similar history makes make the point. Uh, in the coaches' votes, Finn McGinnis scored one coaches' vote for his game against the Demons, but uh, we uh, Simon Gooden Simon Gooden didn't uh, talk the talk and then walk the walk by giving Oliver a vote despite saying how well he played in that game. Um, so I think that will end us for the spaces for tonight. Wrap it up nice and solidly inside an hour. We see any housekeeping that we need to take care of?
2: No, just to keep your eyes peeled. Uh, we've got stuff pretty much every day dropping. Uh, obviously, we've, we've put up um, the trade piece that will continue to be updated with all of the... Um, all of the off-field murmurs and who we're being linked to. Um, so always good to get people's thoughts and reactions and feedback on that. But um, stay tuned because we've got heaps and heaps of off-season content to come.
1: Will Day, all being well, uh, is dropping by tomorrow for a chat which will turn around as a podcast pretty quickly as well to get his views on the season just completed. Hawks Insiders... For the Substack, $5 a month, $50 a year for great Hawthorne content. We've got lots of it coming your way. Really, the footy season uh, on-field um, has stopped, but uh, off-field the Hawks and all those teams that do make the finals are just getting going. We'll be right across it. It is, I've just done on the on the Google Maps, it is a one-hour, 14-minute drive, drive at the moment anyway from uh, for those who want to get from uh, Werribee, to Frankston to do the Hawthorn do the Hawks double header on Saturday. I expect on the Saturday afternoon it might be a little bit longer than that. But do wonder how many uh, people will do it. If anyone is doing the double header on Saturday, doing Werribee into Frankston, hit us up, DM us, and we'd love to get you on the spaces next week to talk about your big day out supporting the two other Hawthorne teams because that would be a fascinating and enjoyable way to spend a Saturday. Uh, Darren, thank you for your time tonight.
3: Thank you. I, was, I would love to do that on Saturday, but uh, my significant other has, has other plans for me.
1: Like stay married? <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's it, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to stay married too. So,
1: Brad, thank you.
0: Thanks all. Yep, I'm no chance after last week's, uh, you know, uh, being able to actually spend the whole day for football. Last Saturday was a long day. So um, to those that are going to Box Hill... Enjoy it. Uh, hopefully
1: we get uh, the win. It'll be great for us to at least make a prelim final. It'll be terrific the players. And the uh, Hawthorne 2008 premiership team was fueled by some players who played in some boxing premiership teams. It's really important to have some success at the AFL level because it flows onto AFL level. Thanks, everyone, joining Hawks and China. sorry for the difficulties with uh, Liam from the Soaring New Heights podcast. We'll get those guys on on a fairly regular basis as well to join us and be our expert on AFL W. We are really keen to be across that all season. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the week and the weekend. We'll talk to you again next week on Hawks Insiders. Thanks and goodbye.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Hawks Insiders. Head to our Substack for more quality analysis, special features, news, interviews and so much more.